0: hello and welcome to hometown glory your spurs and culture podcast i'm rosa and i am joined today by ash billy and sam welcome guys how's everyone feeling tonight all good? All middling?
1: All good. All good. <laughs> Excellent.
0: Good. I love to hear it. Um, we thought we were back last week, but it turns out we kind of are not. Is this just a bump in the road or have the wheels come off? Kidding. You know the answer already. We're all Angel zealots here. But we're going to discuss the bizarrely soporific spectacle that was Saturday's defeat at- against Wolves. Am I right to be embarrassed for us all, or should I just get over it? Elsewhere, Spurs women took the one-club mentality far too literally, as they also lost in lacklustre fashion. But we've now got two weeks without any of them, so thank God for our culture picks. Um, Let's proceed. As ever, we are not the pod to kind of dwell on the bad times, but we have to acknowledge that Saturday was a pretty bad day. Day. I want one thing from each of you that you think went wrong. You can literally only pick one thing. So be very specific. Um, Billy, I'm going to start with you.
2: Um, I'm going to say that we lost our incredible invited fullbacks um, and the deputy players just sadly went up to it, I think, um, which is no shade on Ben Davis in particular because I think he's um, probably a better centre-back now than a left-back at the moment. Um, Good covering, I appreciate bad. that. <laughs> yeah, well, my own team is down pretty bad and I thought Emerson Royal was largely terrible in this game and I just, I think it's just come to the realisation now that he just can't play Ange Ball, He's just not, not really suited to it, I'm afraid. Um, and I think in summer we need to address um, backups of both those two players because I think like, we got to rely on them too much and i think that was a proof in the game that we just could not play without them um and we lost a lot of our spark which they both bring and i think also the fact you maybe haven't been playing as well recently is because we probably just knacked them both out because they play all the time um so yeah i think losing our two incredible fullbacks uh, really cost us
0: it's mad isn't it because emerson and gb were so heroic in that time when we like, didn't have any center backs but it, yeah, yeah, this fair. this system just asks more from our fullbacks.
2: Yeah, I and mean, we've gone from having like four fullbacks in defence to having no fullbacks at all,
3: which is <laughs> <It's
0: just> inevitable, <laughs> really. Yeah. Um I feel uh,
2: yeah. I feel, I feel very like-
0: bad for Emerson. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: I don't think Davis was anywhere near as bad as um, Emerson was at all, but it's just, he's not Udogi, is he? It's like, there's a big difference. Because um, I just think Davis, is, I think Davis is our sort of left centre-back depth rather than our left-back depth now, which I think is fine. And um, I just think the drop-off between those two in Poro and doggy is, is quite massive.
0: What's up with Emerson, though, to be honest? Because I I almost, like, he obviously is nowhere near Poro level. But I, st- I still believe that, you know, I'm not going to be like that sad if we move him on in the summer, but I really believe that he is quite a coachable player and what I don't understand, c- it just seemed to me like so much of what he got wrong on Saturday was just hanging on to the ball too long. And I feel like you can tell him not to do that.
2: Yeah, I think so. And like he, w- what we've seen from him in the last few years, he's he's like a manager's dream. Like The managers will love him. He's pretty good at following instructions, but I don't know. There was something wrong on Saturday. Maybe it's because he hadn't played for a while. Um, He was just, you know, I thought he was dwindling on the ball too much. And um, it's like the opposite of what Angie is. So it didn't work at all. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: Emerson with time on the ball is kind of like a recipe for disaster. It's fatal. Um, (laughs) His best performances have come against, you know, the Man Cities or teams that have really put us under the pump where he's been forced to play quickly under a high press, but Wolves dropped off quite deep at the the weekend and particularly in that final third when when the ball was going out to him where we were looking for a bit of penetration or or getting in behind to to cut the ball back. It was just non-existent, wasn't it? So I think that's where he was really struggling to... The the drop-off in creativity is probably the biggest aspect from anything from from Porro to Emerson. Um, and and I'm like Billy. I, I love love the guy as well. And defensively, he's usually so sound. But I think he would just he looked a bit lost out there at the weekend.
2: And I think maybe he's just like better suited to playing a centre back as a snail because, like, with Ball, like, you, if you're playing in the right back or left back position, you're going to get so much of the ball, like, so much watch our play go through those two inverted fullbacks and. He's just, he's he's nowhere near as good on the ball as Pedro Poirot. So There's a, a huge, huge drop off there. And I just think maybe he's more suited to us now as a centre-back rather than a right-back because um, I definitely think it's something we need to visit in the
0: summer. Such a weird vibe, isn't it? We've sort of moved Emerson all over the pitch, haven't we? We've sort of gone from saying, look, he can't play Conte wing-back, but he'd be like a really good, like he's just, he's a good right-back and now he's not a good and right-back. We've got to move him centrally. <laughs>
2: But then, Ange's right backs are basically centre midfielders, so they
0: are. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So did he wait too long to take Emerson off? Basically,
2: we basically bought a right back, and we've never had a manager who plays right backs other than Nuno. So mm-hmm. kind of, kind of didn't work. Didn't work out. For him.
0: Yeah. So what would you have done differently then, Bill?
2: If I don't anything- know. See, this- the only thing there is, I think, again, as we've, we've spoken about, you know, almost every week since like November, we've just been really bad luck with injuries. Like it's just. Like getting them both injured in the same time is, is really, really unlucky. Um, I know there's sort of minor injuries as well, which makes it really frustrating because it's like, uh, it's just like Borough has never never been injured this season. I think it's one of his first injuries he's had for us. Um, he's not a player that tends to get injured. I know your dog has had a couple of injury spells, but um, I just think we're so unlucky with these injuries, man. Like it's just killing us. Like every week there's a new. You're Just never going to get that original like post to team, are we? Like, just ev- every week there seems to be some kind of knock or hamstring, or even when they come back, they're not fully fit. Um, I just think these injuries are killing us, man. I really do. Just really hope we get like a string of games of that proper Ange team because I think we're going to need it if we want to, you know, finish the season really strongly.
0: Um, do you think it is a concert? because Ange has said, hasn't he, that or, or some people have said, whether it's Ange or somebody else, that sort of early days, Ange Ball, players do get injured as they kind of get up to speed and adjust. It sort of feels like this potentially, is that on steroids because of the sort of quality and pace of the league?
2: Yeah, I do think it's definitely something to do with it. And I think it's unlucky that we've got really good depth in centre backs now and that like we brought Dragashim. Um and we've got pretty good depth in centre midfield as we seem, you know, rotating them all all time. We just don't have any real depth at fullback and now our two fullbacks have got injured. Like that's the kind of story of our season. Like, you no, know, when we had no depth at centre back, both of our centre backs got injured, and now we've got no depth for. We got depth at centre back. It looks like Dragos is not even ever going to play. So, yeah, it's just like we just seem to get such bad luck with these things that like we can never just sort of run our way.
0: No, that's. I mean, that is just what we're going to have to live with. I think for the rest of the season, I feel like Andrew just said it before, and he seems relatively philosophical about it. Um, Ash, what went wrong for you?
3: I think just like the general lack of speed on everything um I think I I sort of was like reading a lot and like watching a lot of the like early like and like Celtic stuff before like the season started and everyone told me about how like the play never stopped and how like the teams moved the ball quickly and we've seen that a lot with like the late goals I guess but it just felt very lethargic and it's felt like that for a while and I think the like wingers don't take on their man. Like we just moved the ball so slowly. And I think like, the minute we did move the ball quickly, we created chances. Um, so it was just really frustrating. It felt it honestly felt like an end of days like Conte or like Mourinho performance. Um, oh god. <laughs> yeah, no, genuinely. Like the vibe in the stadium was like off. It was just it was just weird. So yeah, I think I'd like to see us just try and move the ball faster. And perhaps like the lineup was wrong um from the beginning for that. Um everyone was just a bit off off key and so, What
0: do you think was wrong with the lineup then, potentially?
3: I just think some of the players aren't fit. I think yeah. like Madison like probably isn't fit. I think like, you know, because there's been so many other issues, like we haven't really spoken about the fact that like Son, Thar and Basuma have basically like played like a lot of football in the last few weeks. And it's probably been like emotional. It's been like draining. They've been playing in like probably, like, 30, 40 degree heat for, like, 90 minutes. They're probably exhausted. Um, And, like, you really, like, felt that on Saturday. Um, So I don't know. Like, maybe it was, like, an alternative midfield and, like, bringing those players on the pitch, which is, like, blasphemy, I know. But, yeah, maybe it was a Hoyberg or someone else that had to start.
0: Sonny certainly had one of his like all-time terrible games. I would say I can't think of the last time I saw him play as badly as that. And I guess, yeah, there's a reason for it. But why can't we move the ball quickly, Ash? I feel like I have this with both Tottenham teams at the moment, and I don't understand it.
3: I I, I don't. I always I think about this a lot, far more than is normal.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I really don't know. This, it's weird.
0: There must be a good reason, and I this just want live, someone I, to tell me what it is.
3: But I think... it, it also goes back to the Emerson point is that, that I think Wolves are really happy For like Emerson to just be on the ball Because they like knew He's probably not going to create anything yeah. um, Sadly um, And you know like I think Players like Madison or whatever As soon as they got on the ball Quite smartly like they're just surrounded So yeah we just need to get the, the better players on the ball And I think obviously like Billy said If you've got like Bobby on the ball it makes a huge difference and it probably changes the nature of the entire game. So yeah, I hope they're back for uh, for the past game who will have
1: a new manager, a new manager bounce.
0: Nothing to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> Sam? I'll
1: just add on that. I think that um, first, I'm not buying into the whole thing that ad has been found out, but I do think that there's been uh, what we've seen pretty obviously the last few games is that teams have worked out that it's it, it it's effective to disrupt this right so it's like anti we never stop it's like we always stop because <laughs> we, we see we see the time wasting sitting on the floor from five minutes in um going down sort of banning injury and um it's really frustrating as a fan but fuck it's effective like to get the stadium offside and frustrated and um yeah it, it worked with uh, with Brentford um, and worked at Everton sort of not that it was a home game but just you know we lost all momentum uh, on the park and then same thing happened again uh, at at the weekend and and Brighton even Brighton to did it to an extent as well so um, just seeing teams really trying to kill any momentum or, or flow to the game I think that's that's hurting us but we need to grow up fast and like deal with it and um not let it get to us. But um yeah, I think that was that was really, really frustrating to to see it kill us.
3: I also sort of like I found this more annoying than it should be just like changing what end that we were kicking to from the start. Just like overly bothered me. Um I don't know <laughs> that's why how,
0: that's how it get that, yeah that's how they get it's you a though. Daesh does like, this no. all the time, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. It's really un- <laughs> fan, yeah. but I I said to, to you guys in the group chat, and and for anybody that's listening, to there's a really good um athletic article. Sorry, Roser, I'm I'm stealing your athletic plug here. But, um... <laughs> oh, thank God it's someone else this week. It's
0: getting embarrassing. <laughs>
1: um, there's there's a really good athletic article that um sort of goes through the whole Premier League um and how many times each team has been turned around by the by the away team and how effective it is, like their win rate when they've been turned around and not surprisingly to, to anyone that, that's a match going fan at Tottenham that we we very rarely get turned around. Um and that's maybe because um it's not effective against us. It, it very, very rarely works um when it does happen. Um so yeah, I thought it was quite interesting, but i definitely get the the bad vibes. As soon as we were turned around, I was like, well, we better be 3-0 up in the first half. <laughs>
0: I yeah I get why they do it I I sort of I understand why you probably wouldn't because I suppose it means that in the second half you're also shooting away from your own fans so it's a risk on your part as well I don't I personally don't mind it because sitting where I sit it means you get some of that second half action as and when it actually happens um the the sort of stopping play thing is quite interesting as someone was telling me earlier that like yeah, so everybody is doing it now, but I also I have a I do have confidence that we will learn how to play around that because I think what we've stopped doing is letting us rally rattle, rattle us. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like with the Brentford, was it the Brentford game where we just got like fully dragged down into it all? And I don't feel, and even though we've been kind of stopped from playing our game, I don't think we've got sort of like touchy and aggressive and frustrated since then. So you know. Baby steps, I guess.
1: Yeah, totally. I, like, I'm not, I'm not concerned about it. I think it's just all part of the learning process and playing against that low block and learning how to unpick teams when, when you don't have your your creative players out in the park and and those that you do rely on, like Son and Madison, um, not performing. You know that that was a big one and probably my one um, gripe with with the performance. It was just like. These are, these are the guys. Now, we don't have a Harry Kane to j- drag us out of the mud um, on a game like this. It's It's got to come from those guys, um, Son and Madison. Um, and, uh, yeah, the odds on them both having very, very quiet games at home, pretty slim, but unfortunately it did happen. Um, and, yeah, we paid the price, I think. We didn't create enough and we weren't clinical.
2: Um, and I think the game showed an easy solution to that problem, which is uh, sign Pedro Neto because he's fucking brilliant. And he absolutely yeah, tore us apart at times. Um, and I just think that's a real profile that we're missing sort of being in can really take a man on and beat a man. And just like something that we're just missing from the locker, I think. Like he's just exceptional dribbler. And I, just, I thought he was, I was really worried about playing him because I knew that, you know, that he'd been strong in link with him. and. Um, it's just the kind of thing that happened to us. Is that a player was strongly linked with to absolutely ruin us? And um, yeah, he he looked really really good. So I would, I would definitely love to sign him in summer.
1: Pace for the second goal is was outrageous, wasn't it? And it's yeah, just I mean, like a, I think yeah. a player if he was on our team at the weekend, we win that game because we we were just lacking that that little bit of variation where in that final third and and out wide that someone was willing to take a player on and, and cause a bit of mayhem out of nothing um, would have made a hell of a difference.
2: Yeah, I think he would be definitely my ideal summer in for sure.
0: I mean, that sort of brings us on to my thing. My One of my biggest problems with the weekend is that I genuinely, like it's so great to have Mickey van der Ven back. And I think he is one of the few players who emerged from that game with any credit. But, I, But I honestly think they've all got lazy. Now he's got back. They're all like, oh, well, we, we don't have to worry. Because some of the defending, you know what? I've seen some terrible defending in my time as a Tottenham fan. So, I'm, um, you know, it doesn't necessarily wind me up as as much as it, it should do, probably. But I, I feel like at this point, they're just relying on him to bail us out every single time.
3: Yeah, it was also kind of weird that he wasn't the last man. Like, he, he should always be the last man. And it's mm. like... I, I, the thought of like Basuma and like Emerson, who, who, and I love them both, like chasing down Neto. It's just like bizarre. Like that's, well, that like second not chasing
0: goal, him
3: down. Yeah. Well, yeah. But like that second goal, like, doesn't happen if, like, probably Van de Ven's the one chasing down Neto or Basuma, like, tracks his runner also. But yeah, just, it was just really weird. It's just very, very weird. But yeah, the defending was bad. Like we put every man back in the box, and someone still scored from like eight yards out, free header. Um, I mean, that's been
0: coming. I've seen that. Like, I remember, was it? I don't remember what game it was, but it was um, Sin's, like first game, where the first time he came on, and I remember
3: Man United, yeah,
0: was it? And they had a, and it was just like somebody just rising completely unmarked in the box. I'm like, I don't, I don't feel like that that should be allowed.
3: It's it's really strange because like. Under Conte, like the one thing towards the end that really worked was the set pieces, and at the end of the season, they're like, "Yeah, just get rid of the set piece guy as well, yeah, and just start fresh." It's just a bit mental, um. So yeah, hopefully, uh, we figure it out soon. Yeah,
0: yeah hopefully, Jed and Axe getting on it.
3: Yeah, it's becoming a real
2: worry now. What's that? Like two or three games um, where we conceded from set pieces, Everton and um, right, and this just like, what's that, like four points or even five points overall. It's just becoming a real worry and it's just like real complacent as well. Like having a free header from a player who's not particularly tall, it's just, it's like schoolboy stuff. It's, it's really, it's completely unacceptable. And um, I kind of hope that they'd really work on it after the Everton game because we looked absolutely terrible from set beast in that game. Um, and I know that they put the man in between Bikari and the, and the player, but it's still... It's still but that's the all ball. they
0: did. We fixed that one bit yeah. and then nothing else.
2: It's, we're really, really bad at it. We're, we're, we're really bad at it.
0: I mean, that is quite traditionally Spurs, I suppose. I don't think I've ever. It's only been like every so often that I've seen us defend set pieces of any sort of commitment. I think. All right then. So, Billy, I feel like you've you've given me a few things of like how we would fix this. Obviously, signing Pedro Neto would be good. Um, Sam, what would what would have been your one thing that you would have changed then about Saturday?
1: Oh, um, probably going back to my my point before. I think, um, just maybe like in, I don't know what the instruction was, but just yeah, telling the wingers to to run at their man, and like I wouldn't care if they get tackled five times in a row, um, but just causing or at least you know, as a defender, when you're in two minds, that's when you make mistakes and, um. That's when, that's when good things happen for, for the attacking side. So if you're not sure if the player's is going to go past you or make you turn around or put in a cross or um, – but if I was defending – if I was a right or left back at, at the weekend, I, I'm basically just sitting off, sitting nice and tight, and they're going to turn around and play backwards. And it felt like The amount
0: watched. of time – I mean, this is the one thing about the ends being switched. is like, the, like Sonny's right in front of me, the whole second half, passing it back, passing it back. It was so disappointing. Like, you know, yeah. I I don't want to criticize him ever because I love him so much. But like I think he tried to he tried to take a man on like once.
1: I know, it's it is frustrating. And like it's what we don't ever give enough credit for is how challenging it is to unsettle a low block uh that are just gonna like sit there compact and, and they did it excellently, Wolves, I thought. Um but maybe the changes I'd make to answer your question would be to it felt like Timo came on centrally. I probably would have brought him on and just told him to literally sit on the sideline as far out wide as possible to try and stretch them and then just run with the ball. Uh, when you get it, run run at them. If they want to sit tight to you, you're going to shift them out. If they don't want to sit tight, then you've got space to, to generate a bit of speed and maybe... Maybe even win a penalty, guys.
0: Yeah, that, I mean, no, yeah. that's never happening. That's really funny that you said that because the guy behind me was obsessed with shouting at Brennan to do the exact same thing. He was like, hug yeah. the touchline, Brennan, like literally the whole time.
1: And <laughs> didn't feel- wait for him to turn around. he be like, oh, okay, thanks, mate. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. that whole um, substitution situation was very strange because I assumed Sonny were going to the middle, but it didn't seem to happen. But I also don't feel like Timo was in the middle either. It felt like they were just sort of next to each other.
1: Mm, yeah, just weird it,
0: vibes all day.
1: It just felt like it, yeah, from from pretty early on that it it didn't feel right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's okay. I'm I'm. I mm-hmm. feel like I've made peace with it now. I was like really really frustrated after the game. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm okay with it. I think a few little minor changes and and we're we'll, we're we'll we're back at it.
0: I think so. Give me your change, Ash. Or is it just move the ball faster?
1: <laughs> selling my ticket
3: on the exchange. I don't know. No,
0: you're with us. <laughs> uh, you
3: can't go. Yeah, I don't know. It probably would just be moving the ball faster, and probably in hindsight, I like wouldn't have started like one of Son or Madison, and like brought them on as like an impact sub. I don't. I don't know. It's so hard because going back to the winger thing, like even if you start like Johnson or one of the others, they don't really have like. The right profile to even get round a low block. So I think, yeah, we're gonna just have to like buy the right place in in the summer. Like get the get the sort of backup fullbacks, get another someone else in midfield, and yeah, get different wingers that can like take on a man because the low block thing's gonna like happen like every other week, if not more. So I think like it's down to like the manager and like I don't know ever is still going to be there then or whoever is in buying these players I don't know know.
0: where is he these days actually good question
3: I haven't seen him for a while I miss him I
0: mean I know me too actually just give us all a lift just a weird a weird interview in a hotel room will do us um how do other teams get past low blocks you guys watch enough football how do they do it I feel like Man City actually like players like teams do struggle is it just the quality
1: City have just changed the model, right? They've just brought in players like Doku that are 1v1 specialists and, mm. and do exactly what we've just spoken about and get around a player and cause a bit of chaos. Um, I, yeah, well, and I saw someone
2: make a good point on Twitter that um, if you think about our wins against Man City, we've done that so many times against Man City that Wolves did to us where you just sit back and hit them on the counter. If you're a possession team... Like we are now, it's gonna happen like every season there's gonna be a couple of results like that. It almost happened to Man City tonight. Like they just scrape past Brentford, for example. Like it's gonna happen all the time. Um and you just have to get used to it, I guess. You just have to I just think by buying quality players that can take a man on and just having that sort of relentless attacking. I think that's the only way to do it. But we've been that team that wolves were in this game against Man City, like multiple times, and it just like doesn't necessarily mean that we were better than Man City in any of those games. It just like It just happens in football all the time and it's just really frustrating when you're on the end of it, but it's just something they're going to have to get used to. I think every possession side is going to get those results in the season and um, you just kind of want to keep adding quality to the squad to sort of minimise the amount of times it actually happens.
0: Okay, so that kind of brings us on to our next sort of discussion point really, which is about the squad and... Are we, are we now just, if we don't have our first 11, we pretty much know Andrew's just going to have his team play the way they play, right? It's not going to change. Um, maybe he won't get Emerson to do quite as much roaming inside as, as Porro does, if he has to play him again, I don't know. But given that that's what we're looking at, basically, um is this now just about waiting it out until the summer and the transfer window after that and just building Ange's squad to compete do we think yeah <laughs> okay yes
3: <laughs> and ne- next question
0: yeah do you know what but are you guys fine with that i don't this isn't yeah. this isn't about you know me saying oh you know Ang is predictable or naive or any of those things i just i'm on a personal level, for me, I'm a I'm a bit tired of having to do this again. Um, nothing, yeah. You know, we did it with Conte, and it was all about it'll be fine once we get in the right players. I'll just.
3: This is definitely I'm different. Bothered. This is this is definitely different because I think with Ange, we're all like I know. Obviously, Saturday wasn't very fun, but for the most part, like it has been fun, and yeah, like he's true. someone who wants to be here. So it, it's for me, it's different than like. Conte or Jose and definitely different to Nuno Um, but (laughs) I think um,
0: Always such a weird time when we invoke his name like that did happen.
3: Fever dream Mm -hmm. but I do think like he's not going to change the way he plays and I think if you look at like Klopp's first season or Arteta's first season they were much worse than this and (laughs) it's really hard to like ask this fan base to be patient because we've been patient for like three decades Um, but we're going to just have to be patient again because, like, he's not going to change. And we just need to buy some better players. And yeah, like, it's going to be tough because I think some of the ones that started at the weekend or started even the first few games of the season, some of them, like, aren't going to make it. That's the only so way we're to gonna, God, like, Ash,
0: If you say Kulu, I'm like, you're, I'm kicking you off this. No, I,
3: I do think he, I, do, I don't think he will make it. Like, if we're going to, like, I know, try I know. That's what you're going to say. Yeah. I, I think I if you're in the league probably some of them don't make it like and I think he, I think I just sort of like ended that with like the midfield already and I don't know who like come, falls out of that because I like love them all but um something has to change if we're gonna like push for the league I don't know what but
0: I can't believe you're gonna make me say goodbye to Dan Kulisevsky. I don't I don't Like, I understand what everybody is saying about him. I think, ultimately, this is it for me, right, is I think you guys know that one of my favourite things about football is not so much like the actual football, but just about, like, finding um, players that nobody else likes and defending them with my life. (laughs) (laughs) And is it is this whole you know i know this is how football is that's totally fine it is just about you know players move on and the managers bring in the players that they want but there's a part of me that just doesn't want that guys i just want to see my guys and i want to see them play every week even if we're not that good um but i understand that's just that's not modern football it's not modern football um Billy, do you agree players are going to have to be moved on? Players are going to, players Uh, that we love. Yeah,
2: possibly. And I think the difference between like the Conte and past year is like, I think the pathway has been made really clear by Postacoglio. I think it's obvious what type of football we want to play already in the first season. It's obvious the kind of players that we want. And we actually have, you know, we haven't signed a load of aging stars that we're like expected to win the league from. We've bought a load of young talent. So I think like the pathway is really, really clear. So it's why I think it, I think it's really annoying that it's come at the same time as a 16-year trophy drought because our fans are like, fucking, I know we'll get a bit more onto this on the agenda corner that we're going to have a bit later on, but our fans are like, psychotic at the moment. Like, if we don't win a trophy every season, it's like, it's adding the tension and the tension and the tensions is ranch- up. And I think when we had Mourinho and Conte in particular, like, they spoke about that kind of stuff all the time and it made it even worse, but I think this is completely different and I think, the pathway is really, really clear of what we need to do and Poster Coglu is the one who's going to do it. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I do think that we just have to like trust this. And I think Ash is really right in that we're in a much better place than anyone anticipated we would be at the end of the season. Um, and we've just got to hope that we sort of, I think, in general, we've just got to chill out a little bit as a fan base and just accept that we are in a rebuild at the moment. And... If we can, you know, that's a really frustrating thing to say to a team that's never, you know, pay incredible ticket prices, have all this, generate this funds that we're in a rebuild. But sadly, every team has to rebuild at some point. Like Arsenal have done it, Liverpool have done it, Man City even did it. And um, I just think we have to kind of accept where we are. And I, I'm I'm really excited about the future ahead rather than, you know, thinking if we don't win at the league this year, everything's going to fall like it has felt when we had Conte and Mourinho.
0: Yeah, that's true. And, and also, and to be honest, when we... When Kane was with us, it's just the pressure every year to not just give us a trophy, but to give him a trophy.
2: Not about Kane. We have to win a trophy or Kane's going to leave us. Yeah, we have to get leave us, and that pressure's gone now. But I just think it's unlucky that the 16-year trophy drought kind of makes it still feel relevant. Whereas I just think we have to think, you know, long-term future. I think we're, we're, we're definitely. And a much, much clearer path to success than we have been recently because there seems to be a lot more unison between, you know, what we're doing and what we're doing on the pitch.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Sam, anything to add to that?
1: Yeah, just on the trophy chat, and I know that uh, I don't think anyone here will agree with me, um, and it's not something I usually vocalise, like, on the Twitter sphere or anything, but um, I don't think – that any of that ill feeling goes away unless we win the league or the champions league. If we win a league cup or an FA cup, no other fan base cares because we still haven't won a league and they're still going to kick us in the guts every week for it. And like, I, I, I honestly don't think anyone feels any better. Even if like we'll have a good day out when we win, win the FA cup would be amazing. We'd all love it to bits, but it doesn't get us off the hook as being like the banter club. And um being, you know, some of the stuff I've read this week, being the laughing stock and all that. um, No one's going to count a League Cup when it goes towards our our trophy drought, in my opinion. Um, And it's not, like, yeah. What what do you guys think about that? Uh, Yeah, like, I think that's right.
3: But I also don't really care what other fans think. And I know that, like, a lot of people do. But I just don't care. Like, the League Cup is irrelevant to me. And I think it's become, like, really devalued and maybe it was never valued i don't know but i think the fa cup like because of like what it means to like spurs and the fact that it's been like eight semi-finals in a row um that we've lost and i've been at five of them i want i, oh I want to like, win i want to win the fa cup and are actually it, so it well is...
0: adjusted given what you've been through i have to say yeah, this yeah
3: <laughs> yeah it's it's a lot of therapy but like i think it's important and i i, I also think like we talk a lot about that, but you don't just, for the most part, teams just don't go and win the league. I think, like, they'll win a League Cup first or they'll win the Europe. They'll they'll win something and it kind of sets the mentality. So even if we don't get Champions League or whatever, like, we just got to win something to start breeding, like, that culture. I think, anyway, I know like, there's different schools of thought, but like that's what I've always thought.
0: I think I agree with you now. I didn't used to, to be honest, and because I, I loved the way um, he, who shall not be named, just kind of went for it. Like we sort of missed our first opportunity at League Cup and he went, doesn't matter, going to try and win the league anyway. And and then tried to win the league twice and then tried to win the Champions League. And I loved that. And we sort of, you know, shot for the moon and, you know, fell on our faces. But I did, I, I like didn't care that we didn't get like a little trophy along the way. But now I do think you just need to get they just need to know how it feels to like win something together. And I also think it's not about, we used we used to sort of say, oh, when we've got winners like in the squad, that makes a difference. But I actually don't think it does make a difference. I think what makes a difference is when they win stuff together and they have that feeling of like doing it as a team. That's what I think now anyway. What um, Do you guys have like adjusted expectations now for the season post uh, Wolves doing the double over us? Do you think? Does it look like is Fifth gonna get Champions League, do we think?
2: Completely up in the air at the moment, I think. It really depends on um at the moment this is currently not, but if like say for example, Man City win the Champions League will be in a pretty good spot to to do that. But at the moment I think it's Germany and Italy that are top of the
0: coefficient league. Yeah, um, it's really small margins though, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah, really small margins. And which will be changed easily if like Man City win the Champions League, which they probably will end up doing. Um i i have not so obviously at the beginning of the season i did not expect us to be in a top four battle at all now i've got to the point where i'd be really disappointed if we may, miss out to be honest and i do think um one i honestly I, I i have complete faith in us that we're going to click and we're going to finish this season really strongly and i think if we do that we'll finish in the top four or top five um i'm not i'm not really i'm really not that worried about man united man they, they won three games in a row but they've been terrible in the games like they've been really really bad and I, I think it's unsustainable and I think Villa will drop off as well and I think as long as we get back to what we we're playing before um, we should hopefully still finish top four or top five and then I wouldn't be disappointed at all with the Europa League which I know we'll also come on to t- talking about a bit later on but um, I think anywhere but anywhere below sixth that would be a real real disappointment but I personally have not changed my thoughts and I think we're on a pretty good run for the Champions League.
0: Yeah, I, I've, I've, I want, I want top four. Um, I will be disappointed with five or six, but I will also be okay with it. I think as long as we get Europe, it's totally fine. Um, do you think United are are playing worse than us?
2: Yeah, it's much worse.
0: Okay, good, good to know. All right, um, Ash, your expectations?
3: Uh, I don't know. I'm with Billy. I think it's really up in the air. But anything, I think fifth will get Champions League. I do think that and so and I think getting Champions League this season would really accelerate like I guess I hate calling it the project but the project (laughs) but it would Um, yeah yeah. and it would also obviously like the case is also getting like you know the Champions League is that it locks someone else out of the Champions League Um, and you know keeping Villa out or United out would be like pretty big uh, at this stage and we can go and rob some players so yeah, I don't know. Run. Yeah, exactly. So fifth and upwards, I'm happy. Six, acceptable, given like at the start of the season, it was like people were predicting we would be relegated because we'd lost okay, Kane left, and, yeah. and we'd <laughs> just appointed some random Aussie bloke. Um, Our receipts. Yeah, seventh from below, not acceptable.
0: No, I agree. I think it'd be yeah, seventh from below is a disgrace. Um, that's not going to happen though, so not a problem. Sam, how about you?
1: Yeah, I think before a ball was kicked, I said I would have been happy with sixth, um, and and obviously like those first ten games, like yeah, everyone went wild after that. But um, I think top four still absolutely achievable, and um, I expect us to get top four, and and probably similar to to you guys that just spoken that fifth would be fine and and sixth would feel a little bit disappointing now after what we've seen and um sort of how far ahead of schedule I think that we are not only on the pitch obviously there's still a long way to go but um on the pitch but but definitely off the pitch like the the change in vibe and mentality at the club has just been amazing to see sort of develop since the start of the season and um it, yeah sort of makes me feel like we're we really are onto something special. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm, I'm thinking that we're, I'm expecting top four.
0: I love to hear it. All right. I feel like, like Sam, that was good. That was extremely, I was going to ask everyone for like a reason to be optimistic, reason to be cheerful. I feel like you've given me one already, so that's all good. Um, unless you have more, it's totally fine. You can add more. I feel like, like I do believe that as long as we get the first 11 back together, I think we will be fine. I'm a bit concerned about what happens if we don't. But if we don't, there's nothing we could do, right? It's just, it's just one of those, you know, that's just fate, luck, whatever. Um, but I think it's really clear that when we had that first eleven at the beginning of the season, we were fucking amazing, and then we haven't, we haven't had them since. That's just the reality. We had some players come back who were clearly not fit, and now we've lost our two fullbacks. So I know it sounds like making excuses, but I think it's not an excuse; it's a reason. So I think once they all come back, it will be fine. Does anybody else have any extra positivity to give me?
1: Just one last thing on the fullback chat. Something that I'm surprised to see in the coming weeks if Poro is going to be another um, match or two out. Uh, Romero moving to to right back and Dragshin coming in at, at centre-back. Just because of how good a ball player Romero is, um, I can see him moving into that more advanced, role yeah.
0: and he'd like, love a have roared upfield anyway man like half the time he, you look up he and he's playing it. striker so it doesn't matter
1: <laughs> yeah so i think maybe that maybe that's where like andrew's versatility will come in opposed to you know playing like three at the back like i saw some mental people say on twitter yeah, that's not, that's not happening never yeah. gonna happen guys just save save your breath yeah anyway
0: that yeah, no, fun. I like it. Ultimately, that actually makes that makes a lot of sense to me, actually, because I feel like we seem to have flourished when Ange has just like repurposed players. Like it doesn't, you know, like when he played dire, that didn't work. So he was like, I'm just gonna have fullbacks. And if you put a fullback in as your fullback like replacement, that doesn't work either. So just put a centre back in there instead. Perfect. All right. Let's move on then to agenda items. Um little Yeah. And your sort of propaganda corner, any gripes you want to get out. Ash, I got to start with you because you said some crazy stuff to us earlier this week about things you have heard people say.
3: Oh, I'm always hearing crazy stuff. Maybe it's like the chats that I'm in. I'm not sure. Or or is this just, be honest, is it your cousin? (laughs) No, it's not my cousin. Um, It's just, just chatter I saw online about people who basically said if we're not getting Champions League, they don't want any European football which I'm, like, completely against. Um, I think I want to see, like, younger players playing. And I just want to go to as many Spurs games as possible. Like, we've played... How many games are we going to play this season? 41 games, I think, or something like that. And it's just, like, not enough games.
0: It's so sad. Like, I've been... Like, even me, who I'm like, ugh, why does football... Like, why does actual football have to come and ruin football? Like, I'm sad. There's been no games. It's really depressing.
3: Yeah, and it's also, to me, I don't know, like, I just grew up when, like, and we, we weren't in Europe when I was, like, growing up watching Spurs, but it was always, like, spoken about that, like, Spurs, like, were, like, this European, like, team. So, like, to not want European football, which just feels, like, anti-Spurs to me, I'm like, that's just, that's, it's weird. And where were you when you were looking look-
0: if we could get, like, in via, like, the fair play league? Yeah,
3: like, <laughs> where were you when we were getting knocked out by Kals- Kaiserslautern
0: <laughs> Exactly, man.
2: Uh, yeah, I want to say something on that as well. I said it in the group chat as well. Um, I think we might be better off being in the Europa League than Champions League next year for a number of reasons. One of them, um, because if you're in the Champions League, you have to play, and um, what Ash just said, actually, if you're in the Champions League, you have to play a full team like twice a week, which I don't know, we can't even play our full team once every, you know, once without um, a ridiculous amount of injuries. So that's going to kill us. And like with the Europa League, there's a chance to see some of these young players. And I think we've got so many good academy players coming through that we're just not going to see at all because in the, you can't rotate players in the Champions League. You have to have two, basically full-strength 11s all the time and like, play your full 11 twice a week. Um, and also, I think we have... Well, third... Secondly, like I think the new format of the Champions League looks like awful. There's going to be so many pointless games and it's just going to be like complete drag and then thirdly and the most important one I think we have a much much better chance of winning the Europa League than almost any other trophy because Man City aren't in it and it's like probably our best chance of winning the trophy because we don't have to play Man City at some point point. Um, and as this season has taught us we seem to draw them at every possible opportunity um, both <laughs> men and women I'm I also them.
3: think that next season the Champions League doesn't have dropouts into the Europa League oh, really? which yeah, which significantly increases Finally, like, man. Yes. a team like ours' chances of winning a trophy.
2: And, winning the, and going back to Sam's point, I think winning the Europa League would be fucking brilliant. Like, I, would, I would absolutely love that. That would be like the best thing to happen in my lifetime by a long way. I would absolutely love to win the Europa League.
0: Yeah, man, that would be like, because that's a serious trophy and that feels like a serious Spurs heritage kind of trophy yeah. as well. I agree, yeah.
2: I, agree, I, agree, I agree with Sam, it's not Unless you win the league or Champions League or basically nothing. But I think like Europa League is like a slight middle ground between the FA Cup and the Europa League. And like, that would be fucking sick to win a
0: European trophy again.
2: And
1: the do away you... days, man. The yeah. away days in the Europa League. My God.
0: <laughs> Can I tell you my only worry about Europa? Well, I have, you know, I've got more than one. But my specific worry is do you like, remember when like Nuno had his fucking like A team and B team? I like I just wouldn't want to see that situation happen again.
2: The team. <laughs> yeah, he, literally
0: called it <laughs> yeah, he did. It's really depressing. Yeah. yeah I mean I guess really Ange would not and would not do that. No. Yeah, that would be my only worry.
2: <laughs> I can't we can't be in the fucking conference zone man, please. What's no, that? we can't seven.
0: That please um seven. but also that competition is done. Like that that it has nothing to offer us. West Ham have won it. Like yeah. we can't Embarrassing to win it now that West already won it. Yeah, exactly. Um, Sam, what's your gripe this week or your agenda item?
1: My agenda item: uh, the atmosphere at the ground uh, really got on my nerve. At, and after the game, um, I know that basically the history of our fan fan base, even at the the old White Hart Lane, was to be like a really reactionary. Um, yeah sort of just responding to whatever was happening on the pitch but I just feel like the way that we go so heavily in on our players um and the team when things aren't going to plan just has a detrimental effect on the team they feel that the energy is really bad at the ground when when it's not going to plan and we basically just shoot ourselves in the foot I don't I, I'm not in the belief that the the atmosphere should become like a sort of German-style, ultra-long drone for 90 minutes. I, I love the English culture of sort of spontaneity of songs from the, the terraces, but I just think that it's such an underrated thing to have a fan base that, like, really get behind the side and can, like, spur on energy and, like... You can you can really really charge a, a team onto great things from the stands um and and they they talk about like having a 12th man and like for a reason because it, it does exist um and i don't it just kind of annoys me how we reserve that for the big six when they come to town or you know when when it feels like it's a game that that means something because at the end of the day every game is worth three points and Really yeah, we get like... just as
0: upset when we lose. So it's like exactly right. <laughs>
1: and it's like that, that that game on the at the weekend was screaming out for a little bit of energy and and we didn't do it. So that that really, really got on my nerves. Like I just love to see it like fuck be annoyed after the game for, for all I care and whatnot. But like I feel like you kind of do have a little bit of a responsibility as as a match going fan to to do your best to to try and yeah spark some energy into the side, Um, and I didn't really see that at the weekend. But it feels it was so
0: weird though. It was I, flat. Yeah, it was it just was flat. Gonna, I like I feel yeah. like everybody was asleep from the beginning, like us, the players, the Wolves fans, but like they weren't up for it at all until they woke up in the last ten minutes when they realised they were going to win.
3: Yeah, it was like they, they were. Terrible. I don't believe
0: in like chemtrails, but like honestly, I could have believed that there was some sort of like weird drug that had been like dropped over the entire stadium because honestly it was like it was worse than like 12 30
1: yeah it felt like the old uh sunday 12 p.m kickoff from from a few seasons back it didn't really make sense because like the the 3 p.m's were usually bouncing for um
0: and the week before it'd been great i think even though we were even though against brighton we were terrible for the first what like half an hour i feel like the atmosphere then was fine so it was just.
3: it was better, yeah. But sp- sometimes you just like that Spurs. Yeah, like we, we sort of like really, I don't know. We big up like White Hart Lane like so much, but
0: it was so bad it, at times. It was it
3: was awful sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it was
0: just like that. Like, honest so. to God, sometimes it was like a fucking morgue, wasn't it? You would just be yeah, there, you'd be like, it just why happens? Am, is there anyone alive in here? I think I almost feel like we were actually quite unlucky the timing of Kulu's equaliser because loads of people had not made it back to their seats yeah big time so actually you didn't get that like incredible roar um that then could have kind of powered us through i think so yeah yeah. It's, just,
1: yeah it's i mean again it's just like the the moans and groans that were were really evident in the Conte era and like i understand the frustration of like you you want to play to take them on but they turn back and and pass pass it to the centre back for like the 60th time in the game like i've i totally empathize with it I'm just as frustrated but I just think like it's just not helping just at all And it brings everyone down around you and makes everybody frustrating and it spreads like wildfire all of a sudden you've got to, and then people so- get
0: annoyed of each other that's always yeah. my, like yeah. it's such a classic thing where someone's obviously getting so like stressed out and then people are like I can shut up you're not helping and then it's just yeah
1: I know I know so in in my dream world it's just like just everyone give it the big, come on, you Spurs, and yeah, things will be okay.
0: Yeah. I mean, I actually weirdly found it like not that negative. It was just dead. Mm. That was the weirdest thing. I didn't even think people that people weren't even really complaining that much around me. They were just like, weren't saying anything. It was really it was just an odd day. Just yeah. yeah.
1: But I think Very I want to, I'm, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about it in a second, that it is kind of connecting, but people pointing fingers for the bad atmosphere at you know uh tourists and and um yeah we'll talk about like the the mistreatment of like our Korean fan base as well but from my seven years of like going to Spurs it's it's not often the the tourists that sit there with their mouth shut it's like. You know, the old geezers that have been going since they were kids just stand there with their arms folded um, that are, are just as much to to blame for the place being silent. Um, but we can pick up on that later. It's all good.
0: Yeah. Um, we'll go to Billy first. And then we do, yeah, we're going to show some love to our, well, we always do, but it is an absolute disgrace that anyone's been trying to pin any of the blame on our lovely Korean fans. Billy, do you have a specific item you'd like to address this week?
2: Yeah, mine is um, people that don't have the minerals for a rebuild, man. Like, we're in the middle of a rebuild. Um, and a lot of our fans are just losing their fucking shit over it. Like, it's always going to be like this in a rebuild. And this is a particularly successful rebuild because, like, as Ash pointed out at the beginning of this podcast, like, it's much more fast-paced than the Arsenal and Liverpool rebuilds that we saw under their managers. Um, I mean, Arsenal finished eighth twice in a row. Um, and again, I think that kind of also... Come back to the trophy chatter. Like if they haven't have not got won the FA Cup at Barteta, they might want to have sacked him. Um, oh, they you know, lucked Tim's
0: into that, the- that FA Cup. That was the one they played against Lampard's Chelsea, wasn't it?
2: What a disgrace, yeah, man. A- um, but like some of the shit that I've seen on Twitter this week is fucking mad, man. Like people are saying stuff like, you know, Poster has been found out and like um if Conte had these players we'd be top three like what the fuck are you even talking about like if Conte wouldn't play off these players Conte had most of these players for one thing and he wouldn't play them in anywhere near kind of system that suited them and he certainly wouldn't sign a player like Van de Ven or he wouldn't play a player like your doggy Ian like, in these kind of attacking ways that they're playing like it's just complete fucking nonsense man I'm just sick of the nonsense I see and I do kind of remind that most of the time that sort of nonsense is like exclusive to Twitter I don't think it's a reflection of the fan base because I think that you're right and when you say the atmosphere is dead, i not necessarily negative. I think the, state, the fans in the stadium are to an almost like to a man well behind the project and positive, which I think is great. Um, and that's just all we fucking asked for the last few years. We just wanted something like this, and now we've got it. And everyone can see what we're trying to do and how we're trying to do it. Um, we just have to be fucking patient a little bit. We just have to sort of ride through these times. Where it's not going to be quite, you know, we're not going to go and win every game in the meantime. We just have to have have a bit more minerals, I think, as a fan base, and just sort of like like, grow up a little bit, and then think that you know if we're in the same position in two or three years' time, yeah, that's when we can start to get negative. But this is a fucking rebuild, and it's going to be painful at some points. And Lord knows we've been you know we've been calling for a rebuild for fucking like five six years, and it's here and it's going really well compared to how we thought it might go. Um, So just fucking strap in and just enjoy it, man, because. This is what we wanted as fans, I think. And now it's here, people are losing their shit or, like, you know, they're they're bottling it already.
0: Amen. Yeah. Um, Could not agree more. I also think the league is just good, man. The league, like, we're in a much better place, but the league overall, I do think the standard of it is better than it's ever been. Like, we're losing... Like, yes, it's embarrassing to lose to Wolves twice in one season, but it's not... That's not the wolves of even five years ago. I don't think. Like, I just, yeah, they're just a no it's, bad, really bad teams in the league anymore, except maybe for Sheffield. No,
3: nah, they were really well coached, and I think like they've got a player like Neto that like everyone would want. So I don't know. It even seems like you,
0: Wolves didn't have that a few years ago.
3: Nah, and and I, I don't know. Like, even you look at like United, they go to like Luton away. And they like go one nil up, and they sort of like just limp over the line to get the three Mm -hmm. points. And Luton are—I know that like everyone's like, are Luton good? But it's like if Everton weren't, uh, if Everton didn't have their point deduction, Luton would be like well adrift at the bottom. And so even they're right. So yeah, the league is really good, and like yeah, we've got to just suck it up. (laughs) We literally just got to like suck it up. It it is (laughs) shit, but yeah, like we've got to just hope that we play better in like a couple of weeks and like we get back on track because yeah. I don't know like a week or two ago Aston Villa fans like felt like this because they were just like top fours gone and now they think like top four's like back on because they won a game so it just it just it's just swings and roundabouts and like I'm hoping that like the narrative shifts away from United again because now the narrative is that like the the Hoyland signings genius like He's incredible. Like, they're going to, like, get back in top top four. And, you know, now Angie's a fraud. So it could change quickly. And we could be, like, the ones. And we can sneak in to top four. It can happen.
0: We just need to time it, right? It's all about timing. Exactly. exactly.
1: That's also another gripe. I know we're only allowed one, but I'm having two. <laughs> <laughs> just how, like, reaction to everybody is. Like, everything needs to be, like, the hottest take, straight out the frying pan, needs to land and i I know a lot of it's because of how twitter's become and people are are just trying to like bait uh reactions but like like you're saying ash about united that 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 united is that that story's there because it, it it sells papers and it sells um clicks like it it's i think they're crap i agree with billy earlier but um I just can't stand it. Everyone, no, no one seems, and I think it's my my gripe every week. <laughs> Everyone's just trying to fucking be so reactionary. Just chill out, man. Just see what happens. You win. I don't.
3: A- I don't. Yeah, I don't mind the. I don't mind a sort of reactionary take, like in the hours after the game. Because you're just like so annoyed, and I think that was sort of like the beauty of all the fan channels when they first appeared. It's like catch someone like as they walk out the ground and they're like losing their head. <laughs> so, I, I get it, but I do think fi- I do think like reading like I like read like the forums probably more than I read like Twitter. And I do think there is an element before people get to the stage where they're like they want a manager out. They start to like question little things and like say "I told you so's," and I like. F- feel that like in a big way like people are like always ready to turn and I that's what I really hate about our fan base I think like they give up on like managers so quickly and I think like maybe maybe they're right maybe the previous ones weren't correct but we do just need to like stick with one person for a bit we just, gotta just see fucking commit how it plays yeah out. it's boring changing because we just go back to the beginning again
0: I like, can't do I honestly this is it we're in a rebuild now I can't I can't do this again in two years guys. I just, Same. wherever it goes, I, I don't care. I'm just I, know, I just, I just need to be on this path.
3: I know. And a week ago, I was like, Jesus, Ange, better not go to Liverpool. And now everyone's like, yeah, just get him out. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, that was like 10 days ago, if if that. So, yeah. Football
0: makes people so insane.
3: I yeah. Mean, even it's just fucking mental, like, it's absolutely absurd.
2: Like, what the fuck are we doing as a fan base? If we're even questioning, like, how well the season is going, like, it's just, I, obviously, you can have legitimate concerns about the way that we're playing at the moment. But if you look at the overall picture, it's completely different to what it was this time last year. It's like insanely different. Um, and how you could expect a manager to come into a club like Tottenham who finished eighth and have a, a better sort of result of what we're seeing at the moment. I, I, people have lost their fucking minds man. they've absolutely lost their minds. And um, just go off a little bit, please.
0: I like this because it makes me feel really insane because I feel like my one weird thing from the weekend was being really annoyed that none of the players like apologized on Instagram (laughs) and Ollie was like you really need to chill out about that and I was like no where's my apology they were all terrible like I think I think Vic was the only one who posted it and I was like and he was the only one who didn't need to so but (laughs) you know by comparison I'm saying they they they, they left. Did run
1: down the tunnel I didn't they like that. They
0: did man. They basically they ran off and then nobody posted anything and I'm like this is just disgraceful behavior. Like where are your manners? But um that now seems like a very sane reaction compared to everybody else's. So
3: I feel fine. But I also I also sorry to interrupt but I also think part of the reason probably they ran down the tunnel is I still I still believe that the players thought that like the league was on yeah, like, I, I, I really think that like should like Jordan, them like they were dreaming like big still. So I think they're probably like more disappointed than we are, which is saying good.
0: Something. Good, I really <laughs> hope so. But I want to see the tears, Ash. I want them to just show me, so we can all be in it together. Yeah, fair enough. Um, okay, before we quickly, we're going to move on to Crystal Palace, I guess. Even though it's not for another two weeks, but we can just at least have like a sort of vibe check, I suppose. Um, yeah, just a bit of love for our South Korean fans because weirdos on Twitter, and we don't want to give them really any space, um, but blaming them as tourists for the bad atmosphere is A, a disgrace, B, quite racist, C, leave them alone. We love them. We want them to stay. Don't be weird, basically, Twitter people. Um, Alice annoyingly well, I just say, oh yeah go for it I just think, like the notion
2: of gate- keeping a football club is fucking mental as well it's Yeah, like, what you can do in there. and also I think which people seem to ignore from the discourse anyone who's choosing to be a Tottenham Hotspur fan I'm always going to give you love because you you're choosing to have this <laughs> like, no disappointment it's not like born into you like it has you know for example somebody who might you might have grown up with a Tottenham family um, I actually think it's even better to have chosen to be a Spurs fan rather than sort of be passed on like a disease by your family. Yeah, man. Um, so yeah, the am man, Korean man because um, anyone who chooses this life is just as mental as anyone who was given it as a family. So yeah, the Koreans for sure.
0: Yes, exactly. Do we want to do a quick Palace, not really preview because we're not playing them for another like nine days, I guess. Um, they're going to have a new manager who was once rumoured to, to sort of once in the running to be our manager right is he the he's the ex-Frankfurt dude right Klasner yeah, yeah. In, the, uh, in the Europa League final um, we're not their first game though are are we like he was there the other he was there last night when they drew with Everton and then presumably they're playing at the weekend she says fingers crossed I don't really want to have to deal with like the immediate new manager bounce
2: well, they got Burnley at home I think this
0: weekend okay fine so they can get that out of the way and do they still have a million players injured or are they all back?
2: At least they definitely will not be back for our game. Um, okay, good. A... not sure. Okay. So have a lot of players injured.
1: And I think he might be injured as well. Okay. Uh, so that's like... Not yeah, too they bad. They out for Everton. They, they were really struggling for numbers against Everton. Okay.
0: All right. Good to know. So they've got two weeks to get a few players back but hopefully... Hopefully we'll have our eleven back. Um we should be okay, right? Surely. Does anyone I have didn't... like a bad feeling about it?
2: No, I don't. And I okay, think great. Reason, I think it actually would have possibly been worse with Hodgson because Hodgson would without a doubt, have played like a low block. Um whereas Glass is more of an attacking manager by all, all accounts than Hodgson is. And I think he might just be like one of those new managers that's like, I'm gonna try and try and do something in this game. And It'll just Will fail miserably, hopefully, and I think the players are going to be fucking fuming, and I'm just going to be fuming. I think it's just going to be, I think I really hope we see it on the pitch because I think, I think the, I think the Wolves game would have really, really hurt Ange and the players. I think, it, like, as you were just talking about, I think it really would, would have disappointed them, um, and I think we'll see a big, big reaction from it. And um, yeah, I'm not worried
3: about it at all, to be honest.
0: Ash, how are you feeling about it?
3: I haven't thought about it yet. Um, I'm still getting over the last one, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I think from, I, I, I didn't really see like too many of Ange's comments like before or after the game actually, but um, I'm guessing or hoping that like the fullbacks will be back and I think that just changes everything. So <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty positive, like we'll be okay and like, I think them having like two of their best players out is obviously like a huge help.
1: I think one of the biggest factors will also be um, just 14 days of no football for the likes of Son and Madison. That's that's two weeks of them, you know, two weeks further along on their recovery. Um, same with the likes of Benson Kerr that's played a lot of football recently. Masuma coming back from AFCON and malaria. Like These guys are literally going to get 14 days to to get into tip-top shape. So I'm feeling super positive that we can come back and just steamroll them.
2: And can I just say as well, I know we spoke a lot about having bad luck this season. Can I just say how fucking glorious it is, the fact that we're not playing Chelsea on Friday because that would be a a recipe for an (laughs) absolute (laughs) disaster.
0: Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know we're going
2: to like a death run, but it's miles better than playing them this Friday because that would not have gone well. Um, So I'm, I'm really grateful for the fact that we've got these two weeks, to be honest, because I just think Chelsea away on Friday would have been an absolute nightmare.
0: I'm talking also- about the
1: minerals for a rebuild can you imagine the minerals to go away to start oh,
0: <laughs> Christ I mean also I know we're gonna have to play like six of the that like, we're gonna have to play out like the top six in like two weeks or something but I almost feel like we do better when we're on that sort of run and we're just like in the zone of playing really rumored- really hard teams so
2: the rumored Chelsea Arsenal man city run is exactly the same as the the top four one when we um beat all three of them in a row and Crouch scored in the Man City game. The yeah.
0: there we go. There
2: that the we go. ever top four. Yeah, man. We've won all those games.
0: God, oh, we did. I remember, I remember going to the um, Chelsea game and the Arsenal game and it was absolutely wild. Yeah, okay. That's a great precedent. That's all we need to discuss. I will give you guys a quick um, update on the women's game which was... Bit depressing. Another game I really I really thought we should have won. We played Villa and we lost 2-1. Very similar. We went 1-0 down, a nonsense bit of defending. And then we equalised um, a goal from my beloved Amy James Turner, which suited my agenda perfectly. But then we conceded to... Uh, Jordan Knobs goal Um, another sort of I don't really know what was going on I talked to Lauren and Caroline about it and they were both like this was a really bad game possibly played worse than the men which is a bit alarming Um, now all the women are on international break so hopefully they will come back without injuries and I think there's just there's some weird issues that I don't really understand in the squad. I don't really understand why Olga Arsenan is not starting right now. I presume she's a little bit injured because she is she is our best midfielder. So I don't know why she's not starting, but there has to be a good reason. We are persisting with the Beth England Martha Thomas duo, which isn't working. That's not to say it can never work, but neither of them are fully fit right now, so. I don't think you should be playing both of them because it feels like a waste of a position. So there's, there's kind of... But now we just got to kind of sit it out again for another couple of weeks um, and hope for a turnaround in our fortunes. It's a bit easier to be um, more relaxed about it because I think we do know we're in... You know, we're not so much in a rebuild as trying to actually build something from the beginning. So we just have to... Put that one behind us and move on to what is going to be getting us through the next couple of weeks, our culture picks. Sam, can you give me yours, please?
1: My culture picks? Um, yeah, I am a big Idols fan. I just released a record last week called Tank, which is spelled T-A-N-G-K. Um, it's really good. I've listened to it for a few times through now and – uh loving it bit of a different vibe but it's uh um, yeah i'm absolutely loving it there's like an amazing film clip on one of the tracks that they've um basically like ai'd the um coldplay yellow film clip so it's like chris martin uh walking on a beach and it's classic. Like, really classic like shot in slow-mo but somehow they've like um how does anyone know how they actually did that in the end? So it's all shot in slow-mo, but then he's like singing at the right pace of the song. So I think no right idea. rightly they I forget which way around it is that they played the track really slowed down when they shot it. And then he had to like mouth it that way or, or sped up. So it's like a it's it's a much more clever film clip than it makes out to be. I've uh, not
0: not once have I ever thought about how they filmed it. It's so yeah, they yeah. go back
1: and watch it. And then it's like okay. it's a masterpiece and it's all like one shot as well. But so the reason I'm saying that is that idols there's a single, and they've they've AI'd Chris Martin's mouth to be singing uh, the words to their new song. <laughs>
0: that's, that's
1: that's really a masterpiece again. Um, so I so, guess
0: Chris Martin is is fine with it.
1: Yeah, yeah. They like yeah. thanked him for it on Instagram. Oh, that's and,
0: cute.
1: Yeah, I haven't I didn't see a response from him or anything, but it, it was like thanks for letting us do it. Um, so yeah, it was um a nice little moment uh so yeah that's that's been on on rotation and then uh on the television screen I have been watching Fargo because there's a new season but I realized I'd never watched season four <laughs> so, <laughs> so
0: the traditional uh, Sam TV watching I, know, I, know. I don't think it matters though right because it's anthology isn't it
1: they're all like different yeah episodes, right? um but yeah like I absolutely love the first three seasons and like it's just Typical Dumbo me that I didn't um, <laughs> didn't realize that there was a four season. So I got like a bonus extra season of TV, which is amazing. So I'm, I'm nice. now really enjoying it. Um, and then, yeah, a restaurant recommendation. Uh, so I worked for a restaurant group and one of our restaurants, Jim Karner, got a second Michelin star um, last week or the week before, um, which is really cool because they're the first Indian restaurant in London to, to ever do that. Um, and then I ate there last night and it was absolutely amazing. So I really recommend anyone for like a special occasion or you just want a fancy dinner, go and do it. I would
0: love time. a fancy dinner. That's a really good recommendation. Yeah, I've yes, never so. been. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Sam, have you have, so have you given up on True Detective season four? Uh,
1: I haven't watched the episode that came out this Monday, but I, like I'll be honest, I'm not loving it um and neither is nelly we're both
0: it's the finale that came out monday so that's it you just got one episode left
1: one to watch then yeah yeah, it's like the true tell of a tv show these days is it like if you're scrolling on your phone then you're not into it and um we're both doing a bit of that so i'm annoyed because like i I was really looking forward to that um and it's just not hit for me but i think it's getting like mixed reviews right like you're Mm. you're you're i know other people are as well Maybe it's just me.
0: I don't think it is just you. I think it really depends on what on what you sort of want from it, like, or what you're kind of expecting. And I think for me, there are certain things that I think it has done really beautifully. Like I love the setting and I love the actors and some of the relationships. And I actually was quite satisfied with how it resolved. Um, and a lot of the, themes um are really interesting to me but and the way it kind of reverses um a lot that went on in the first season so the first season is obviously quite sort of explorations of masculinity blah 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 and that's kind of stuff i'm like that's fine that's just not super interesting to me um and this reverse, so this reverses a lot of that and there's a lot about kind of women and midwifery and motherhood and then male violence. And then also kind of all tied together with this incredible um, Inuit goddess myth, which I already knew about because my oldest daughter has this book of like, um, that's called Goddess. And it's about like goddesses from all over the world. So, and we'd like happen to have read that story like several times over. So that to me is super interesting. Um, I don't think, so I think it kind of gets those themes Right. And I was satisfied with the conclusion. I think the sort of mechanics of it are quite clumsy. And I feel, and I'm very forgiving of that because I like the sort of broader picture. But if you're really, if you kind of want it to work and you want it all to kind of fit together and you're annoyed by kind of people like sort of time spent on stuff that doesn't seem important without enough sort of actual detective work, then I can see how it's just not going to do it for you basically. Like it doesn't, it sort of makes me think that I really wish and like, telly just doesn't get made like this anymore. But back when David Lynch made Twin Peaks and they were just like, here, you do what you want to do and take as long as you want to take to make it. And it moved. It's mad when you rewatch Twin Peaks and it's so slow. But if once you're in the zone of it, you're in the zone and you love it. And I almost feel like if she'd been allowed to make a show like that, it would have worked much better. And then you could have really got into the town and everybody. But I mean, I say that and I like get annoyed at at telly that's like, you know, over an hour long. So she would have made it and I would never have watched it.
1: (laughs) I think the reason as to why I've struggled with it as well is um, coming off the back of like, two months of being a cowboy on mm. Montana skyline as like the setting
0: and now you're like it's so dark it's so cold it's yeah the
1: entire time yeah so I think when you take away like that sort of stimulation it, it it kind of yeah is is a bit of a sucker punch for me
0: it's hard work it- and watching it like yeah. literally makes you feel cold so that doesn't help yeah <laughs> One thing I do love. One extra thing I do love about it, though, is the way they like the Jodie Foster character is like this absolute like sexual powerhouse, and everybody's like, "You can't introduce her to your man because she'll just sleep with them," <laughs> which is really cool. I'm here for it. Um, anything else?
1: That's that's that for me. Yeah, I think um, we should be cracking on with Fargo for the next week or two. Very nice. Um, but, yeah, looking for, for recommendations for this weekend.
0: Yeah, we need it. Yeah, what are we all going to do? Billy, what are you up to?
2: Um, so this week I've seen, like, the one of the best films I've seen recently and what is quite literally the worst film I've ever, ever seen. Um, so the, the best film that I saw is um, one of the best films I've seen this Oscar season is um, The Iron Claw, which is a wrestling film starring Zac Efron, um, which I'm not going to talk too much about what happens in it because I did not know anything about it. And I watched it and it's like, um, well, I'm not going to say, but um, you should really, really seek it out, um, even if you're not particularly a fan of wrestling, it's more about like a family drama than anything else. Zach like Efron is absolutely amazing, and I think he was completely robbed um, in the Oscars run. And I think he definitely should have got a nomination for Best Actor. Um, and the worst film I've, I've probably ever seen is *Madam webb which is like an oh, absolute so mess sad. film. You have to watch it just to see. It's not one of those <laughs> films that's so bad it's good because it's it's just so bad it's bad. But you have to watch it to understand. Like, I don't understand how this film is made. Like, it's absolutely terrible. Like, half of it is like ADR dialogue. Um, the script is like laughably bad um nothing works there's like no superhero elements to it at all it's like a really surreal i just can't believe that this is a real film that happened but you have to you almost have to watch it just to um, believe- to understand how bad it is it's it's, it's really really terrible um it's an achievement of own... its
0: own basically
2: it is, yeah, but it's not one of those things. that's like you know, like the room and stuff like that that people watch is like a sort of, haha this is really bad. This is also quite enjoyable. It's just, it's terrible. It's absolutely shockingly bad. I just can't. I mean, I love what the best thing about it though has been like the Dakota Johnson press run where she's like, I'm not, I'm not, I am i have not seen it. I'm not going to watch it. Um, she's fired her agents as well, which is like hilarious. Amazing. Like, she she knows how bad it is. Um, but yeah, it's not like it's, Sharknado
1: levels. It's, really, it's, it's yeah.
2: Different. It's, it is that, it's that kind of, it is that kind of like terrible, like the editing is horrific, Like it's just, uh, I can't believe how bad it is. And there are some things um, like, for example, it's not a spoiler to say that there's lots of references to actual Spider-Man uh, and that, like this baby shower and stuff and it's the birth of Peter Parker um, which is not a spoiler because it's, it's like they lead to it for pretty much straight away and um, they refuse to name the baby it's like everyone knows that that's Peter Parker and as she's just about to say the name like a balloon pops and she does it's like it's, it's full of like terrible stuff like that it's just I can't believe how bad this film is um, and on the other things uh, just because the one of the only good things about that film is i I'm starting to fall in love a bit with Sydney Sweeney, who I think is incredible. Um I've loved her since Euphoria. Um she's in like a really classic rom com at the moment that's done like mad numbers called Um Anyone But You. And um it's just like such a like three-star rom-com, which they just don't make anymore. And it's like rom-coms are just back at the moment, man. They're so back. And like it ends with a, a montage in the credits. And it's just like I think it's um, again, not a spoiler to say, but um, it's got the, the Nathaniel Bellingfield song is back in the charts because of this film, um, and that's that can only be a good thing. And, um,
0: Incredible! It's but yeah. it's like meant to be sort of loosely based on like much to about nothing, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's, it's such a, a tenuous it's
0: just, link. I I can really support.
2: Yeah, it's just such a sort of like throwback rom com, which is like three stars, two really hot people getting together, and like really cheesy, and like, they just don't make them anymore. But now, hopefully, it's made like one hundred and forty million dollars. Um, so I think Ron comes are back and um, the only other thing which I'm really really looking forward to next week which comes on the 27th of February is um, a Disney Plus co- show called Shogun which is a Japanese historical drama which is like setting the critical world alight and it's apparently fucking amazing um, it's got like 100% rating on Rot- Rotten Tomatoes and like critics are saying it's like the best show of the year and that drops on Disney Plus next week it's called like Shogun um, it's like a Japanese um, miniseries it looks really really good Is it um, so a remake definitely- of anything? Um, I think it's it's from an it's from an, a 1975 novel called Shannon okay. as well. Um and apparently it's in, absolutely incredible. Um so I look forward to that for sure. In the in, in the in the downtime of most bursts.
0: Yeah. Can I ask you very quickly, did you what because I me and Ollie haven't got around to it yet, did you watch All of Echo?
2: I watched All of Echo, yeah, I did watch All of Echo. Um What were your thoughts? Um, I did not like uh, some of the narrative choices. I thought like the the like i didn't like the sort of the fantastical elements of like the the backstory and stuff i thought it was a bit weird and um it was just sort of like pro barring in references that i don't did, I think particularly um was satisfactory or anything so I, I i really like her and i really i lo- I absolutely love kington um but again on that same note i think marvel you know i've been talking about every time that it's been on recently how bad it is but i'm really excited by the new fantastic forecasting and i'm really excited um, I think the Deadpool trailer was the highlight of the Super Bowl as well, and I think it's going to be really good. So maybe even Marvel could be back at moment as well. Oh my um, God, that'd do you think be so good.
0: Fan? I'm very thinking uh... about the Fantastic
2: Four cast? I think it looks, I think I'm really excited by it, man. R- fucking um, Richie and the, the MCU. I can't probably. believe
0: it. Richie as the thing. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. Yeah. And our guy Pedro as Mr. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm extremely. It's just like an yeah. like
2: anchorable cast, isn't it? It's not, it can't yeah. possibly go wrong. Yeah. Pedro. Pedro and Richie and um, obviously cousin Richie and yeah that's another thing actually in in the in the Iron Claw film that I mentioned um, uh, I forget his name but the guy who plays the bear um, yeah
0: Jeremy Allen White me yeah he's yeah. he's
2: brilliant in it as well and he's so fucking ripped <laughs> I was going to so say this is the one
0: where he really like buffed up for it yeah right? <laughs> but he's just an
2: absolute fucking brilliant actor
0: very cool um, yeah it's just a shame about Echo because I was listening to something earlier today that was like oh they basically Buried it in January
2: Yeah yeah. Um, but apparently it actually did alright numbers on Disney Plus okay. So uh, who knows right. um, Yeah um, I'm still excited for the new Daredevil season though because I, I love the Daredevil Netflix show
0: Yeah I might, um, even I might go back In for that one because as you know it got A little too gory for me at points But you know maybe I just need Disney to-
2: will smooth the edges a little bit more though Yeah, is gory.
0: yeah exactly if that's what I need Ash what have you been up to?
3: I've got two albums that I think are really good. Well, two artists. There's an artist called McGee. Um, it's like a really alternative kind of indie. Not with, not R&B. A director. <laughs> uh no, indie kind of R and B thing. It's kind of similar oh, nice. to the band Dijon, if you're into that.
0: Um, I love that very yeah. much.
3: So amazing. he's the guitarist from Dijon. Oh, and um, great. yeah, the album's amazing. It's called uh what's it called? It's called uh, two star and the dream police. And then name. there's also an artist called Medium Build, which is kind of like folk country. Um, and he's got the most insane voice. And there's an album coming out in April, but there's loads of EPs and singles from before, which are incredible. So I've been listening to those two. I don't know if I recommended it last week, but I've been watching The Offer still, which is about oh, like the yeah, making of The Godfather. It, yeah. yeah. So I finished that. That's really good.
0: And it all works, Teller. It? Yeah.
3: yeah. 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 Miles Teller is really good. And it's just, it's just an easy watch. Mm-hmm. but you have to get paramount plus i've
0: That's got it already it's, there i've you literally go. perfect. got every every service yeah perfect and i yeah and i haven't cancelled any of them so yeah okay and
2: Sounds uh um juno, juno temple's in that right who's fucking like amazing in fargo as well but fucking i love juno temple i think she's brilliant
3: yeah and i was watching both at the same time which like threw me because i was just like why is she in every tv show that everywhere
0: which character um, are you now yeah yeah I, yeah, so I've just been watching, yes, I finished True Detective and I watched the first episode of One Day and like already I'm really miserable. Um, I don't know if I can watch another 10 episodes knowing how it all turns out, frankly. Um, And the only other thing was I was catching up on, you know, Billy, you and I were talking about the watch podcasts and yeah yes and just loving all of those but also the um stick the landing one. So i listened to the one about friday night lights and mad men two of my favorite shows and i've just started listening to the one on freaks and geeks which is another one of my all-time favorite shows and that's
2: Joanna Robinson right
0: yeah exactly so another you know all of our like worlds colliding um did you ever nobody did you ever watch freaks and geeks bill I feel like i No, and I, I
2: haven't been able to listen to the watch because I've I've not started True Detective. I actually started the first episode only, and I will go back return to it. But all of the latest episodes have been about True Detective, so I've not yeah. been able to listen to it for two weeks. <laughs> so i missed those guys. They, yeah, they, they've, so they've, lovely, they've even man. got like, the they've got the creators on right. I think. Yeah, um, so they interview about, um,
0: yeah Issa Lopez in their first episode. But the um, City Landing one on Frees and Geeks is really nice because it's, it was a very short-lived show. It only had like 18 episodes, but everyone in it went on to do kind of amazing things. So in a very Tottenham way, it was all about how failure can be really good for you guys. So I feel like that's a really good note. We don't, we don't need to get too down about it because we already know it really. Failure makes us stronger, surely. Um, and it's just a useful and, reminder.
2: Uh, and Postecoglou will stick the landing, so we don't
0: need to worry. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you very much for that. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Um, maybe see you next week for some sort of event. Um, if not, I'll see you on the other side of Crystal Palace. Billy, we see us out? Up the spurs.